It's DTS episode 200, and Warmind has been released. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody? It's BBK Dragoon. Welcome to the DTS podcast. Coming at you today with my great co-host, Diddy. Dude, episode 200. Man, uh, that's pretty wild. I know we've talked about this leading up to the show for a long time, but I am actually legitimately stoked, super stoked, (laughs) actually, um, reading the TWAB the week before Warmind. We're recording this Monday, the night before Warmind came out. I know most of you guys are probably playing Warmind right now. I didn't have high expectations running into this one, but the TWAB has changed my entire outlook on it. I'm very excited now, and uh, man, what a better week to go along with it than 200, right? Yeah, we uh, like I said, totally planned. Uh, we knew this was coming, guys, so uh, just listen to us on release date predictions. Only eight more <laughs> weeks until uh, four years. I know, man. That's uh, pretty wild. A weekly podcast going for four years. Huge thank you to the listeners over the years for supporting this podcast, the opportunities that it's given us, and just the cool community that we've gotten to be a part of for this time. It's uh, It has been really, really cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to join us, join the community over on our Discord, discord.me slash testing the show. Starting the show off strong with a promotion right there. We've learned. That's what 200 weeks have told us. And were you inferring that we somehow started the podcast 200 weeks ago, knowing that it would align with the launch of Expansion 2 for Destiny 2? Yep. Absolutely. I don't really like episode calling these expansions. Destiny De- Destiny 2, DLC 2, episode 200. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Perfectly aligned. So are they going to call the Taken Queen Expansion 3? No. It'll just be Taken Queen. Yeah. <laughs> they really should name it the Taken Queen and have Eris on the cover. Or actually Marasov. Yeah, Marasov Queen's returns. Wrath again. Yep. <laughs> oh, good old Destiny jokes. All right, man. I want to get into this week at Bungie because there's actually a lot packed into it. And these are things that even if you are playing Tuesday, if you're playing Warmind right now, we're not behind the news cycle because a lot of these are quality of life updates that are going to impact your progression throughout Season 3. Even if you didn't buy Warmind, a lot of these improvements are coming to all the players. And like I said, this one actually probably is one of the more meaty twabs we've ever had, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. All right, so first of all, Vicarious Visions is the studio who put together the Warmind expansion. And creative director Brent Gibson has a message from him and the team at Vicarious Visions, and it goes, I quote, The team at Vicarious Visions have been fans of Destiny long before we started working with Bungie on this amazing franchise. While working alongside our counterparts at Bungie, we've met the challenge of expanding the Destiny universe, and we are beyond thrilled that the day is nearly here. We are honored to have added to this rich world with passionate fans numbering in the millions. This is the kind of thing that game developers dream about. We are fortunate enough to not only add to the gameplay experience, but the franchise as a whole by bringing the legendary hunter Anna Bray to life. She has carried our banner through this entire journey, and we can't wait for you to meet her on this adventure. See you on Mars on May 8th. End quote. 
a pretty nice little humble quote too from him and the team over at Vicarious Visions. It's nice to see that they're uh, communicating actually. And I find this, I find this maybe important, Diddy, because High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions were roped in by Activision uh, in order to help out with Destiny 2 production. Activision is also very well known for the COD development cycle in which you have three studios on a three-year development cycle and it alternates to where you have a new game coming out each year. I just want to throw this out there. Do you think Activision is testing Vicarious Visions to maybe carry the mantle in a larger way moving forward with Destiny in which maybe Bungie gets their three, four-year development time frame to make their games... But in the interim, they've got other studios akin to the COD development cycle working mm. on more content. You know, that's a really, that's an interesting insight into the development here because it's very possible. Now, I think maybe um, in terms of Destiny, maybe not a full year for each studio, but maybe uh, like we've seen this time around, Bungie handling the main launch of the game and then the studio is handling all the DLC. So every vanilla version of Destiny would be handled by Bungie, and then all of the supplemental content after that would be handled by the studios. I think maybe that is also a possibility. I'd really like to see one developer, like the Vicarious Visions or High Moon, handle a full year of Destiny content, just to see how they do, Yeah, like the Call of Duty. I think that'd be really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely... That's really interesting you bring that up. Just just watch. I think just watch and see how it goes. I don't know if that would... It, it is very different releasing a standalone COD game than it is maintaining a live universe. I totally agree with you. I would very much welcome another studio to see just maybe a different angle of philosophy on what a Year of Destiny content looks like. The people at Vicarious Visions are um, really cool, it seems. Especially, they did, I believe, the Crash Insane trilogy. And mm. these guys also worked on the PC version of Destiny 2. All right, with all that said, why don't we just fast forward to what occurred this week. If you guys want to catch up a little bit before you start your Warmind adventure, they released the Warmind Digital Comet, this comic this last week, written by Mark Wade and David A. Rodriguez and inked by Chris Anka. And you can check that out on our website, destinytheshow.com. We'll have the link to the TWAB here. And this last week, Diddy, they released quite a bit of video footage of Bungie developer insights regarding Warmind. I don't know if we should talk about those videos because there's some spoilers in them. Yeah, I would definitely leave those to the masses to watch for themselves and discover for themselves. Even after playing through the Warmind content, coming back to see those developer insights to you know, figure out why certain decisions were made or how Bungie feels about introducing these new things. And it's definitely worth a listen at, uh, at one point or the other. If you don't care about spoilers, by all means, jump in, go ahead and watch them. But yeah, I think, I think it was nice to see these the week before uh, the DLC. Now, some people might say it was revealing too much, but I really like to hear developers talk about the game, not from a marketing perspective, perspective even though the timing was absolutely marketing for the DLC. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just nice to hear those design, design decisions uh, from the mouths themselves. Yeah, it didn't feel as generic as your typical join Osiris on his adventure yeah. to quell the yeah. darkness. It was, it was them talking in the it was studio. More, like, yeah. Yeah, it was more Bungie Vidoc, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the last one they released actually had commentary from the design lead Jacob Benton over at Vicarious Visions. So again, I do think there is some foreshadowing here by letting the studio head 
you know, talk about, or excuse me, the creative director, not studio, had the design lead over um, at Vicarious Visions get interactive with these pieces of press. Maybe they're setting something up uh, down the future. So patch note preview, we're going to get the full patch notes one, two, zero. Tuesday, by the time most people are listening to this, but we do know some juicy details before it's gone live. It's a short-term solution. Diddy Vault Space has been increased from 200 to 300 items. 100 extra slots. I'll take Perfect it. Perfect amount for your DLC goodies that you're going to get this week. Could you imagine if Warframe had like a 300 item limit? <laughs> no. <laughs> you're only allowed 50 mod slots. Be very select. <laughs> All right. The multi emote wheel is finally here. You can now configure all four emote options with player selected emotes. The entire emote collection is now always available to you for convenient swapping. Items in the emote collection have been removed from the vault as it's no longer needed. So even more space that's getting saved and more optimizations. These are the kind of things that I love, Diddy. There's, you can't criticize cool stuff like this. But what you can oh. criticize. Sorry. Was that, was that a fault. sneeze? I was trying to sneeze, but then I coughed, and it was just really <laughs> awkward time for you to pause because I wanted to respond to that. <laughs> I, I know. I read it a little wrong there. I was like, maybe maybe I should just keep going, but it actually does play into my next thing. One change you may be able to criticize, Diddy, is Guided Games, and I'm not making this up. I will read here verbatim. Guided Games will now feature a Leviathan guide emblem that tracks the number of raid encounters and raids a player has completed as a guide. This emblem rewards a unique aura for 14 days after a player completes a raid as a guide. Once a week, while the aura is active, guiding a raid to completion grants one bright engram. Do you even remember what Guided Games is, Diddy? That old, you, you dust that thing <laughs> off, huh? The thing that they're probably reworking for later this year? Yeah, I remember that. I mean, these are their incentives to be guides in guided games, but that means you have to withstand and fully complete a guided game as a guide. Or you can LFG through the companion app or whatever on the Bungie site, or you can use an LFG site's third-party app uh, and get into a game really quick. This is like going after the wrong thing. I like incentive. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's a way, there's probably a really clever way that you could phrase this with like a doctor analogy of going after the wrong symptoms or something. But the reason guided games isn't popular is not because of the pure lack of incentive. That is a facet of the problem. But the feature does not function effectively <laughs> players should be able to queue for it and continue playing the game they should be able to match <laughs> with people in their same region there should be reconnect options you need a timer that shows how much longer the queue time estimation is and yes incentives are important but my goodness if this is all that's being cooked up for guided games over the last seven and a half, eight months. Just put an LFG in the game <laughs> at this point, guys. Come on. I mean, at this point, it's almost like if you could take raids offline or uh, not offline, but like in a private match type deal. 
yeah add some modifiers tweak up the difficulty add fogoth in the middle of one of the hallways that just randomly spawns <laughs> like something crazy like that and i don't know i think it's it's just it's really funny to read the words guided games in this dlc patch notes preview because it's just uh yeah i guess that's still a thing yeah i anyway i'll <laughs> leave it at that a new inventory category category has been created that will contain pursuit tracking items such as those for exotic quests. Items in the pursuits category are specific to each character and not shared across the account. That's really cool. That reminds me of the Taken King when it added the quest tracking feature. Do you remember that, Diddy? Yeah. Yep. Smart. In-game audio settings now have sliders. So for like your music, the chat, the dialogue volume, all of it, sliders between 1 and 10. This one, Diddy, this one might be a sticking point weekly lockouts for raid and raid layer rewards are now class based that means players running multiple characters of the same class will receive rewards only the first time they run the raid or raid layer in a given week so effectively if you are a new destiny player there's a strategy where let's say i have three warlocks all three of my characters, max level warlocks, and new content comes out. And I go through the raid on each of those warlocks, and I can share that gear between uh, the characters. And so, obviously, I'm going to push my power cap a lot higher than the person who has one titan, one hunter, and one warlock. Not substantially higher, but it helps you reach, like, the max power a little bit quicker. And this is essentially blocking that option from players who do this. And... I disagree immensely with it. I'm not one of those players. I, I think it's always fun to have variety, but I mean, did he, why do you think, uh, I don't know. What do you think of it? I don't like this at all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's such a small population, I would think, that have multiple characters of the same class. And I don't know why they're removing this capability because let's, you think back to, okay, Crota's End, right? You had the, the shard culture, where people would create multiple like warlocks. Let's just use, keep using that as an example. Multiple warlocks yep. every single week, leveling it up all the way through the campaign and doing the raid on a fresh new character, getting the gear, moving the gear over, and then deleting it and starting all that all over again. People did that eight or nine times just so they could get the, the warlock gear. And... To me, that doesn't seem very popular <laughs> because it's very tedious and very grindy. This is very strange. I wonder how this affects tokens as well. Do you not get... Because it says uh, characters of the same class will receive rewards only the first time they run the raid. So if you have two warlocks and you run the raid on... How does that factor in with the tokens? Because you have the vendor, right? Mm -hmm. And you I, turn the you tokens to the, the vendor. I, yeah, it's still, those are still on lockout. So it's not like you could infinite go after stuff. I... I that's really strange. If someone wants to grind the game that hard, especially like referring back to the Crotus End era, if I was Bungie, I would probably want to have players who are that yeah. interested that they are literally going to grind through the story on a fresh tune, run the raid, <laughs> move the gear, delete it, rinse, repeat. If somebody is loving your game that much or wanting the desire of being like a mid-maxer that hard, quite frankly, I say let them do that. It's not like it's disrupting any sort of leaderboards, any sort of competitive balance. The only thing it's maybe interrupting is like the bragging rights of who the true 
world first max cap person is and maybe that is what they're going after maybe they want to have some prestigious award of the guy who hit the, the i remember that we've talked about the very first level 30 on destiny <laughs> uh the show before like we that was a thing you can actually google it and go back and find the supposed person who hit 30 first but to me this just seems to be something that will probably not pay out in the end i mean it's a very small group of players so maybe this is a, a sticking point we shouldn't even lay into right yeah exactly all right so you guys all know about the exotic sandbox tuning updates that are coming if you haven't seen what they've done to the risk runner or sweet business sweet business especially i think looks freaking cool way more appropriate (laughs) to what the fantasy of that weapon is they've also done updates to the darcy i might categorize those changes as spoilers and let people just experience it on their own so instead of going into the finer details I think it might be time to talk about Mr. Akinpah, Diddy. I think before we move on, uh, DMG, the community manager, he tweeted very recently that also with update 1.2.0, they're adding the functionality to dismantle items in the vault and post netmaster without having to pick them up first. It will also be possible to dismantle weapon mods from the weapon inspection screen. Thank you. That is <laughs> exactly that's Finally. amazing because that's years bro i have i have probably 18 items or not 18 eight items in my postmaster that i just never picked up because i don't want to move the stuff out of my inventory to my vault well now i can just delete it straight it's perfect i love it i i am so happy because this is actually one of those things we have wanted since d1 so yes. that is a quality of life feature that is just gonna you know how good that's gonna you go to the vault they did say in play tests they saw people accidentally deleting items. Uh, <laughs> since it is show 200, I won't uh, roll the clocks back and talk about a previous feature that was added to this game to help players not accidentally delete items. Diddy remembers that that show I will all too say, well. say, yeah, one of our very good friends, I'm sorry, uh, that <laughs> uh, set down his Xbox Elite controller and had the <laughs> dismantle button set on one of the paddles and deleted one of his very favorite items. I'm sorry, that person. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> I will. It's Sassy. Sassy <laughs> Sassy from SGA and his Elite oh, Controller. Man. He totally wants us to share that. So anyway. Yep. He deleted his Steel Piercer. And there, there's a lock sad. button for a reason. Put it on the things that you love. All right. Yep. Let's move on. Daniel Auchinpah is back. Auchinpah. So senior investment designer. I don't remember if he was a senior investment designer when we were talking about the raid reward stuff earlier this year, but I love this dude. This Every I mean, time this guy comes to the TWAP, he brings fire. Yes, absolutely. Our favorite person at Bungie right now. For real. Like, Dan is coming at us talking about Season 3, where they're saying they've increased the baseline difficulty of heroic strikes to make combatants more aggressive and make the experience feel more heroic. Additionally, at any given time, the heroic strike playlist will have three modifiers on it. One burn one advantage and one disadvantage now the burn rotates weekly the advantage rotates daily as does the disadvantage so for burns you've got arc solar and void it is old school burn plus 25 percent arc damage increase for outgoing and incoming damage and it's the same across the board for like solar and void and that makes me extremely excited diddy because this beckons back to the good old d1 days for me yeah absolutely i'm really really happy that this is coming back 
And then for advantages, on top of, you know, some of the modifiers that have already existed with the, the game so far, we've got Brawler making a return, double melee recharge rate and damage, Grenadier, double grenade ability, recharge rate and damage, Heavyweight, triple power ammo drop rate, double power weapon damage, Ooh. and then for the disadvantages, Diddy, Glass, players' health and shields are halved, but recharge rates are doubled. My personal favorite here, Blackout. Radar is disabled, and enemies do 20 times increased melee damage. No, no, thank you. No <laughs> way, Snowthrall. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Iron. Enemies no longer stagger, and health pools are increased by 50%, and then grounded. Players take five times damage wall airborne. But it gets better, Diddy. What are they doing to the legendary Nightfall challenge card? Well... Players will now be able to take their rare challenge card to Xur and upgrade it to legendary challenge card. And doing so adds more customization options to the card. And with those legendary cards, you'll be able to select one burn, one disadvantage, and one advantage. Or excuse me, that's an either or. So it's one burn, one advantage or disadvantage, and two additional disadvantages with the exception of glass all other advantages and disadvantages listed above from heroic strikes can be applied to the new challenge card i think that's fantastic just just saying uh, i'm going to continue on here additionally there are a few disadvantages unique to the legendary card you can select so that's perfect and they are extinguish return the fire team to orbit on a wipe classic nightfall scenario or d1 nightfall scenario i should say Famine, ammo drops reduced by 50%. Match game, coming back. Players must match their damage type to the enemy shield type. Attrition, health regen is slowed greatly and enemies drop health orbs. Ooh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's increased recharge or just a static amount of health that you get back. But speculation later, we'll find out this week. And then momentum, health regenerates only when the player is moving. Very cool. Now it is starting to feel more akin to that old Destiny flavor. I love this. It's not the end, like, perfect result of Nightfalls or scoring, um, but this is actually getting into a really cool creative space where you, as the player, get to directly impact the experience you have with the Nightfall and strategize with your folks about, like, what do you want to put on your card what kind of scoring benefits are you willing to stomach for the extra challenge? And what kind of score tiers are you willing to hit? And with that said, they are updating the Nightfall par scores, okay? And so emblem variants, auras, and token reward bonus par scores have been updated to the following. 30K, 60K, 110K, and 200K. And I'll quote here. As a reminder, when you reach new record par scores for specific Nightfall, you increase your chances to earn the associated Nightfall unique reward. We'll be watching the community scores closely once update 120 is released, and we'll let you know if any adjustments need to be made. I'm very pumped with all this. I am very, very excited. Mr. Akinpah, keep it up, please, dude. Every time you come <laughs> into the TWAB, it's like, all right, more of this, more of this. Keep it coming. This is the first week. I really am starting to feel like come this fall, we might, we really might have a vastly improved experience, you know? Yeah. We're making some good improvements to, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, 
keep coming back to the game investment investment thank you investment (laughs) couldn't think of that word uh it's it's nice to see these changes because this makes those strikes those modifiers they just add depth to the strikes and i really really like that so yes thank you very much yep and they're adding with season three the prismatic matrix i am going to encourage everybody to go to bungie.net and look at this week's TWAB to see the image of the prismatic matrix because this is going to be kind of hard to explain but essentially the prismatic matrix will feature 10 eververse items from season three each week it is active each item within the prismatic matrix is on a knockout list which means every player is guaranteed to receive all featured items for a given week by the 10th activation earning items via bright engrams Bright Dust, or previous Matrix activations will also knock rewards off the list. In turn, each activation guarantees players an item that they have never previously acquired. With your first well-rested level up each week, you will earn a Prismatic Facet, allowing one free use of the Prismatic Matrix. Prismatic Facets stack up to three, so make sure to have proper inventory space before earning a rank up on a given week. Players can also purchase more activations for 200 silver each. So with all that said, each week there will be 10 items, Eververse items in the Prismatic Matrix. Earning items via Bright Engrams, Bright Dust, or the Matrix activations will put these items, like, will be activating them from the knockout list. When you get your first well-rested level up, you get a Prismatic Facet. It's basically adding a 10-item knockout list every single week. So let's say I grind my face off, Diddy, and I get 8 out of those 10 items off of the knockout list within the Matrix that week. I get lots of, lots of bright engrams, okay? But I haven't used that prismatic facet yet. At the end of the week, or whenever... I can use that facet to get a guaranteed item from within the matrix. So let's say there's an ornament and a ship left in the matrix. And I've done my, I've, you know, leveled up eight times. I've gotten eight of the ten items off of the knockout list. If I use my facet, I am guaranteed to get either that ship or that ornament. Does, Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. So whenever you activate the matrix, your loot pool is not the 10 uh if you've if you have nine items knocked off the list your loot pool is no longer those 10 items it is from those 10 i'm doing a really bad example never mind forget i started talking <laughs> yes that makes sense thank you bbk perfect it, it's a knockout list every single yep. week it's basically creating a knockout list and if you don't like the items that are in that rotation that week you will save your facet that means you can save up to three facets in total so it really gives collectors a much higher chance of getting those last few items that they need let's say the week comes up where there's that one emote that you want that you haven't got maybe it's the selfie emote which i got this uh, like two weeks ago on stream today i was very excited nice um maybe it's the selfie emote and you're a collector you already have six out of the ten items in the matrix but you got a facet and you're like okay this is the week i'm going to use the facet going to give me a very strong chance of maybe getting that emote i love this concept i don't think it's the perfect refinement of eververse but a a definite 
good move in my opinion for especially yeah. for collectors yeah i mean it's not guaranteeing you the item you want but it's increasing your chances of getting an item that you want and it's and it's a guaranteed every verse item so mm -hmm. I, like you said i think it's a good step in the right direction yep cool all right everybody that is it for the giant twab there's huge patch notes that have gone live and we'll be deep diving into all of it this next week enjoy this week of warbind we will talk next week most likely about story spoiler stuff and sound off in our Discord, discord.me slash destiny the show with any feedback that you have. It is not a spoiler-free chat, just FYI. If you go into yeah. our Discord, <laughs> we are not regulating it. We never do with these things because it's a destiny community. We like talking about this stuff. So, yeah, man, 200 weeks in a row. Massive thanks out to you guys, Diddy. Your thoughts? I mean, just one last thing. They did announce that DLC 2 is going to be a standalone purchase. So that is, if you don't have Curse of Osiris, you don't necessarily have to have that in order to get DLC 2. Um, so for those of you who just purchased Destiny 2 at launch or maybe with the Humble Bundle recently for $12, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I did um, too. Yeah, you can get the DLC as well as a standalone purchase. Uh, since we're recording this before, I don't know what that price is, but if you're interested, there you go. There's an option for you. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm... I was coming into this week very low expectations. I wouldn't say pessimistic, but I wasn't expecting much of anything. I'm liking what I'm reading. I'm yeah. liking these little quality of life things. More so than a few new story missions, more so than a new strike or even the escalation protocol. What I really want to see is more TWABs that are meaty and chunky like this with mm -hmm. lots of info about investment economy stuff. Yep. And more communication from the developers' mouths themselves, not just a community manager uh, deciphering developer speak. You know, yeah, it's it. I th I think, yeah, it's changing. We'll see though. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll feel differently after next week, and we've learned that Rasputin's story was probably wrapped up within three hours. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. But yeah. we'll I wait think, and see. What is it? Five weeks until E three, something like that. It's very soon. And it's very soon, yeah. We did not, unfortunately, want to time E3 2018 with our four-year <laughs> anniversary show. We really wanted to hit DLC 2 launch with episode 200. So, yeah, sorry to disappoint those fans that were really holding out for it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you feel like an old person, Diddy, now that we're, like, out of school and have been working? Because, seriously, when, when I think of September, I'm literally going, oh, that'll be here before you know it. Because it is like you blink and it's gonna be here. You know what I mean? What were we what were we doing four years ago? I had just graduated we, we from gotta, school. I mean, we gotta talk about that on the four year anniversary show in eight weeks. It's gotta be like what were we doing four years ago this week? You were still and in university, weren't you? Like one I more was, year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. On the four year anniversary, we will go back to the roots of the program and yeah. how it started. We'll so. replay the uh, episode one Sholoso. The Sholoso. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Han Sholo, speaking a Star of, Wars film. Speaking of Solo, comes out this month. Woo! All right. Not woo. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DTS and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. And trolling around on our Discord, discord.me slash Destiny the Show. There you go.
You can follow us on Twitter at Destiny the Show, or for all the links from today and more, there's just one link, DestinyTheShow.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at BBK Dragoon. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for 200 weeks. Enjoy Warmind, and we'll check in with you again very soon. Mm-hmm.